Hey, it really is a privilege. Good morning, by the way. It really is a privilege for us to gather and be in the house um, on a regular basis. And I know I was thinking this week, what would take, what would it take for us not to gather as a church? Well, a pandemic. That was what it took. Because we've never, ever not met as a church. The church has always been together because we are called to be together. We are called to be one together as we worship and serve Jesus. And then as we then take our eyes and keep them there, but also take our eyes this way and serve one another and disciple and care for one another. We've never had a time in history, really. I mean, there's been a couple little spurts here and there, at least in our history, where we've not met until March of 2020, where the mandate was, we're shutting everything down to try to get a hold of this, take control of this virus. Didn't really work that well, did it? The virus is still here. In fact, it's mutated and it's even getting a little crazier, what I've heard. But I just want to remind us that it is a privilege for us to gather. And there's just been a lot of uproar in the news and in recent days, even in the churches on the whole, well, what do we do? Do we force people to stay home? Do we force people to come? Well, that doesn't work, right? What are some of the things that they've said, hey, we're going to allow you, the state has allowed us, if we look to the practical side, we're going to allow you to meet and be together. You guys realize that nobody else is allowed. There are no other meetings allowed. So sometimes we kind of take on the we're being persecuted. No. We're trying to be watched over. And I know I'm not trying to be political. It's To me, it's not a political thing. All right? It's not at all a political thing. But it's a health issue. It's a, it's a I'm going to take care of you. And if I have to humble myself, you know, and wash my hands more, you know, I've been in bathrooms. I've seen what happens in there. I've seen people do what they do in there and then walk right out, and you're like, you're supposed to wash your hands, you know? If I have to, for a time, like social distance, and that's hard because I'm like a handshaker, fist bumper, high fiver, right? Um, if I have to do that type of stuff, if I have to wear a mask, then I just want to say that I'm willing to do that so we can gather, I'm willing to do that because not out of a mandate from the government, even though in Washington State it is, but out of compassion and out of love for my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and in my community. So what am I willing to do to gather? I mean, if I had to wear one of these... If I had to do this, okay, get, no, put that camera away, Janet. If I had to do this, no, no stop now. We got cameras all over the place. Yeah, you're being recorded anyway. I, oh, oh, that's a, <laughs> all right, you're done. Hey, if, you, if this is what it takes, right? If this is what it takes. But seriously, if this is what it takes, then... Aren't we willing to do that? And so we can gather and have moments that 
our worship team, Claire and Marcelo, thank you for, and, and our bass player. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been the same without a bass. But to bring us into moments, whether we're at home or watching later or in the house, to bring us into the moments like that, I mean, I can have those kind of moments by myself. I do in my office. If you walk into my office throughout the week, I always have worship music playing, always because it settles my soul. And so it's a privilege to gather. And so our policy here at RCC is we ask you to wear masks on Sunday mornings. Um, and I know there's medical reasons, and some people cannot. And so I also want to say this. I want us to be a place of grace. And so if you see someone not wearing a mask, can you not go to the, the shame? The ma- I mean, do you know that's a thing right now, mask shaming? Like on both sides? I've got somebody I know that has some pretty serious medical issues, and so they wear a mask, but in the place in the country where they live, a lot of people don't, and they are shamed. They are called a sheep. They are called all these names. Well, we are sheep, according to the Bible, so I guess you'd say, you're right, <laughs> you know, but they say it in a negative way, and so there's this shame that happens, so I want this to be a place of grace, that we can give grace to one another. I want this to be a place that we love and sacrifice for one another. I want this to be a place where you wash your hands when you show up. You know? We'll try to keep... The social distancing thing is really difficult. I I get that. I want this to be a place where it's safe for us to be. And it's a weird time right now. I mean, a really weird time. And, man, it's just so, so important that we set our minds on things above and not on this. To set our minds and fill. I mean, what are we putting in here? I mean, what are we putting in here? Because what we're putting in here is going to come out here, and it's going to change here, our hearts. So if we're putting garbage in, garbage is going to come out, and it's going to pollute our hearts. So it's really important. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I'm just going to read one verse to you. This is in Paul's kind of final greetings. Of course, his final greetings are kind of like a pastor when he says, I'm almost done. They're like half a chapter long. Verse 8, but Paul says, you know, hey, I know life is going to be hard and there's going to be, you have to, you're going to have to like buck up. You're going to have to like be steadfast. You're going to have to hang on to one another and be together. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And he doesn't just say it once, but he reminds that, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. And that's in, you know, that's in verse four. But I want you to hop down into verse eight. And he says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things things. I mean, where, what are we putting in here? Where does our minds go? I mean, think about the things that are true. Think about things that are noble and honorable. That's what that word means, honorable. Think about right things, pure things, lovely things, admirable things, praiseworthy things. Like yesterday, you ever have one of those like afternoons or you're just kind of like, you're just bummed a little bit? Anybody? 
Okay, I was having one of those little bummed days, and I was doing stuff, and and uh, went and got dinner for Cleo and I, and uh, we ate a great dinner. It was it was awesome. It was our Saturday night deal. We usually get something to go. When I can't go to a restaurant, so we got something to go. Brought it home and ate it. And I was kind of like, oh man, kind of Eeyore, and, you know, Winnie the Pooh people. It's kind of doing the Eeyore thing. Kind of felt like I had a nail in my tail, you know. He did. And um, just kind of going through that whole thing. And I walked out my, I was taking the stuff out to the garbage. And, and I was walking out, and I walked out of my house, my warm house. And I looked into, looked at, walked right by my car. I have a car, SUV. And opened my gate and threw the garbage away. And I just felt the Lord say, I've given you much. Think about these things. Think how I've provided for you, how I've given to you. Think about the true things, like I am taken care of. Think about the things that are honorable, like, wow, you know, God, I can look to you. And kind of what we had that moment this morning. It's really important, like, what are we putting in here? And how are we thinking? Where where are our thoughts going? It has to go to him, and then let everything else filter through that. So my encouragement is that we would think of noble and honorable things, that we think of things that are true, that are right, that are pure, that are lovely. Like, Cleo, every morning, my wife goes, every morning she's online, she, she loves the Facebook thing, and, um, and she, her friend posts pictures of flowers, just simple flowers. And Cleo always shares that picture of flowers. It's just something simple. Flowers. But they're lovely. When you look at flowers, you're just like, wow, that's really cool. So you think about things like like that. Man, 2021, it's been been an interesting month. We're, We're almost all through it already. Can you believe it? We're almost through it. 2021 in January. So we've been focusing on prayer and just asking God and dedicating our hearts to prayer and fasting. We joined something bigger than us. We joined four square churches all around the world to fast and pray for the first 21 days. And we've done that. And we're on the 24th. So if you did that, you're three days removed. But I do want to go back and just say, hey, this is what our focus has been. These are things that are true, noble, and right. And so our first week of January was all things new in my life, and it was this focus on our our own person, like my own personal pursuit of Jesus. And we know that as we do that, there's this purification process that he is making us pure gold, and we talked a little bit about that. All things new in my church and my community. So we're moving past. So we focus on ourselves and we kind of look at ourselves for a week and make sure we're we're tight with Jesus and we're we're walking with him. And that's a season, but then if we just stay there and just ignore everybody else, that's not what we're supposed to do. The next step then is to move past ourselves and to serve and care for others around us. And he places us in a church. He places us in a community, and our responsibility is to serve and care for one another. 
you know, and we're, you know, it's unique right now. We're kind of restarting church and, and we're asking, we're starting to ask for volunteers again. And so that's part of it is, yeah, I look at myself and I spend, I make sure Jesus and I are right, but then I want to move past that and serve those around me. But then, then we move past that, all things new in my global community. I mean, we look at, like, God, a worldview. We get a world vision. I love that name. It's a company, but it's a Christian company, but it's, it's a, they have the perfect name. You get a vision of what God's doing, not only in me and in my own church and community, but, man, God, what are you doing throughout the whole world? So we, we looked at and talked about supporting and interceding for missionaries and those they serve. Just really, really powerful. And so our prayer prompts for week number three, day number one was for week number three was, hey, we're going to pray for the persecuted followers of Jesus. We're going to pray that they would have strength in their weakness. And I know this is a hard concept for many of us to grasp within the borders of the United States because we are not persecuted, really. We may think we are, but it's just like our spoiled kids that, there's nothing to eat. Or, you know, you lay out this amazing meal and they're like, you know, they want hot dogs instead. And you're like, you know, you're persecuting me. You know, no. That's happening right now in our world. There are millions of believers who are being persecuted simply because they follow Jesus. Day two, we prayed for the unreached people groups, praying for those with no access to the gospel. Can you imagine living life and not having access to good news? That's what the word gospel means. They've never even heard that there is a Savior who came to save them and rescue them. And so we prayed for those groups. And we prayed for laborers, workers, that would go out to those groups. And then, and then also just that would serve in their local communities and local churches. Like right now, honestly, we're praying for laborers right now, people who are willing to come and serve, even on Sunday mornings, in children's ministry, in ushering and greeting, as worship team begins to open up a little bit, okay? We're looking to say, yes, come. Bring your gifts, talents, and abilities and serve and give them back to Jesus. We prayed for those who are suffering under poverty, you know, blessings for the least of these. Remember, Jesus said, hey, on the final day, when they stand before him, Jesus gives this really unique, like, hey, come, you, you guys were good and you were faithful because, like, you, you served and cared for people. You simply gave them a glass of water. You gave them a, a sandwich. You clothed them. And because you did it for them, it was like you're doing it for me, Jesus said. The least of these. And again, the poverty thing, we might think, yeah, I'm struggling financially. But even the person that's struggling the most in this room financially, you've hit the jackpot compared to many, many, many millions of people in our world. We pray for children and students, just protection and blessing over them and for them. You know, the pandemic has affected us. Man, it's affected our kids. 
And so we prayed for them and just wanted to encourage them and just asking God, God, would you, in the midst of all of this, just help them still be kids? I think one of the saddest things is when you see little ones who have to grow up too early because of life circumstances. So help them be kids again and laugh and giggle and skip and hop and just do whatever kids do. And then we pray for the disabled and, you know, defending and supporting those who are in need. I'll tell you, if you're having a a rough day, when things open back up, you can't do it right now. But if you're having a rough day and you're kind of like, man, life just stinks right now. I was going to use another word, but I'll use that word. Life just stinks. Drive down to the hospital and park in the hospital parking lot and just walk in and walk through the emergency room and then walk through some of the halls. Don't get arrested. Um, You'll get arrested if you do it now, but because there's no visitors. And go down into every hospital. You guys realize that every hospital has a little, well, they used to call them chapels. They don't call them chapels anymore. I think they're meditation rooms now. Um. And just go sit in there and pray for a while and just gain perspective. Like you drove there, you walked in there, you get to walk out and drive away where many will not be able to ever drive away. And so that was our prayer focus that day. And then just global Christian movement. You guys realize that we're part of something way bigger and then we're praying for cooperation and worldwide outreach. You guys realize that Christians don't always work together well? Why is that? That bugs me, honestly. I mean, I pray for Maple Valley Presbyterian right down the street. They are not our competition. They are our brothers and sisters who are trying to reach those who need Jesus. And why, you guys realize that we have two other churches that meet in this building. And sometimes it's messy. I mean, this morning we're sweeping and vacuuming footprints that walked in from the parking lot <laughs> from last night. Life Point Church meets in here Saturday nights. Mercy Church meets here three times a month. We're not in competition with them. We are partnering with them for Jesus to touch the lives of those in our community because those, they're going to meet the needs of people that I will never meet because of the relationships that God has placed them in, because of the communities that God has placed them in. So we need to partner together. We need to get together and pray together for our communities. And then with cooperation, like, okay, what can we do? What can we do? And And right now it's weird because it's COVID. And so a lot of churches aren't, like pastors, they're not, there's no pastors meetings right now. And there's not, this cooperation really thing going right now because everybody's literally trying to just survive. You know, you guys realize there's a lot of churches that are going under right now. Financially, a lot of pastors are quitting right now. Hundreds of pastors are done. So Jesus right now. <laughs> Lord, we together... Lift up those pastors to you. And we pray that you would 
bring rest and restoration. God, I pray that you'd bring people who would come alongside them and hold them up and work with them and serve alongside of them. God, remind them that it is your church and that you are carrying the weight of your church and they are just to be faithful to you. We pray for any who feel like giving up and ending their lives even. God, that you would rescue and restore them. In Jesus' name today, that you do that today. And we pray this in your name. Amen. There are 7.8 billion people on planet Earth. And God knows each one of us by name, and he knows every detail. He even knows the quirky things about us. I've been part of this debate lately. By the way, RCC sweatshirt, a little prop here. Okay, if you didn't know that we were doing RCC sweatshirts and you missed the first round, we are going to have another round coming up where we're going to offer, you can buy t-shirts too. We're not making money, we're actually losing money on them, but, but you look really good in them when you wear them. I mean, Trish, you never look better this morning. <laughs> I mean, look. Look at you. I think these are like 25 bucks. Yeah, they're cheap. And we're going to do t-shirts. We're going to do that pretty soon. So watch what our announcement people, Eric and Krista and, and the Wildfire Kids, you'll watch the announcements. That's coming. But I've been part of this debate lately. How do you put on a sweatshirt? And there's this controversial thing. So most people, I mean, there's like two main ways to put it on. It's either arm, arm, head. And I'm not going to put it on because I got this mic thing on. And, but, you know, you either go, you know, arm, arm, and then head, or head, arm, arm, or, and I don't, see, that's how I, yes, see, see, you're right with God, that's it, that's it, so I, yeah, so there's three ways, really, right, arm, arm, head, head, arm, arm, or arm, head, arm, and it's, I've been part of this really huge debate, Kind of, it's been fun, but it's kind of fun how that escalates. And people are like, they're pretty adamant about how they put their sweatshirts on. And it got me thinking, it's my prop pile. It got me thinking about the passage in, in Colossians where Paul says, close yourself. I mean, put on. It's like during this pandemic in the last 10, 11 months, that many of us as believers, followers of Jesus, many of us that call him Lord, all caps, have forgotten how to get dressed. And we've kind of gotten swallowed up in everything that we're seeing this way, and we have forgotten to look this way. It's an incredible list that he gives us. But it's like we have completely forgotten how to get dressed. I was talking to somebody this week, and um, they were saying, yeah, they, they got up early in the morning, they had their coffee, and they do their Bible study, and it's great, and they got ready to go, and they got in their car, they're going grocery shopping, they got in their car, and you know, as you kind of put your legs in the car, they looked down, and they still had their pajama pants on. You know, they had everything else ready to go, but they're still wearing their pajama pants. 
And it's like they've forgotten how to get dressed. I remember a, a story that uh, I was at a pastor's conference once, and, um, and I reached out to this person this week because I remembered the story, and I said, hey, I wanna, can I share this story um, with the church? Because I'm talking about the passage in, in Colossians where Paul says, man, clothe yourselves. Hey, get dressed. Remember what you're supposed to wear as a believer. Remember. And I said, I remember standing in line next to you, in the, and uh, I looked down, and you had two different pair of shoes on. And so I asked this person, I said, hey, can I share that story? And I won't, like, say the situation. I won't, like, mention your name. I'll just keep it completely anonymous. The fact that you showed up at a pastor's conference with completely two different pair of shoes on. And they sent back a response and said, yes, you can share, but you have to use my name. <laughs> so I was standing in line with Pastor Alex. And, um, you know, it's one of those awkward lines because it was like to the men's restroom. And, you know, you ever go to a conference, those lines are long. So we're kind of just leaning against the wall, you know, and you know, what do you say when you're in line for the bathroom, you know? So we're, and I'm just kind of like this, and I'm just looking down, just waiting, trying not to make eye contact with anybody that's coming out of the bathroom, that whole thing, you know? And, I, and he's standing right next to me, and I look down, and I notice he has two different pair of shoes on. One's a loafer, and then one is like tied with like a slight heel. And, you know, you kind of have that thing, like, should I say something? Should I tell him that he has? Should I say something? I'll just tell you this. If you see me wearing two different pair of shoes, would you please say something? If we're sitting there doing something and I have something in my teeth, would you please say something? It's not embarrassing for me I'm going to take it as, hey, you really care for me. You don't want me to walk around with something in my teeth. But isn't that weird, though, when we see that, we're like, we're afraid to say something? <laughs> Is it just me? But because I care for them, I, I should say something. So I just said, hey, hey, <laughs> you know, it's busy, it's crowded. I said, hey, Alex you realize that you have two pair of shoes on? And he looked at me and goes, I know. <laughs> he goes, I got dressed in the dark this morning because I want to honor my wife. And so I was just grabbing my stuff. And, and I was in a hurry because I was running late and the conference was in Everett. So I just got out in the dark and, and I just got in the car. And then when I got out of the car and walking in, I looked down and I realized. But, you know, I'm, I'm an hour away from home and, the, and I'm having lunch with our district supervisor <laughs> that day. Do I just blow it off? But no, you know, our pastor is a man of humility, and he says, you know what? I'm just going to own it today. <laughs> I'm just going to own it. And um, so he has lunch with the district supervisor, and they're walking into the restaurant. He goes, hey, stop. Look down real quick. <laughs> so instead of allowing somebody else to point it out, he just pointed it out. But it's like, and I think it's a funny story, so Alex, thank you for letting me share that, but. But it's like we have forgotten, as followers of Jesus, on what we're supposed to wear 
and what we're supposed to put on and what has been offered to us to put on and wear as his kids. So I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, we want you to have one. And so there in the back, raise your hand. We will get you one, two, three. How many? One for each hand. So raise your hand if you need a Bible. If you do not have a Bible and you want one, take one of these home. We'll get more. Colossians chapter 3. And there's a few verses I want to focus on, but I want to read it to you in the context of, and there's so much, and I just trust as I read this longer passage to you that the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking to you about things that I'm not even going to speak about this morning, but that because if it's, it's His Word and it's alive and it's active, that He's going to be speaking to your heart and encouraging you this morning. And I'll just say, if you are taking notes, I highly always recommend taking notes, but if if the Lord just takes you to a place and you get stuck on a verse and you completely shut me out, then do that. And just spend time with Jesus and allow yourself to be with him this morning. Allow his Holy Spirit to speak to you. We're starting in verse 1, and we're going to roll all the way through verse 17. But it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Kind of what Philippians chapter 4 said. Things that are noble, true, and right, and honorable, and admirable. Think about those things. Set your minds there. The responsibility is for us to set our minds on things above Verse 2, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. We're one with him. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now, isn't that good news? We used to walk that way, but now you must get rid of yourselves. (laughs) Let me read that again. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. So he's not just done with that one list, but he's going to add to it. So get rid of anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. Oh, wow, I didn't know that was in there. Yeah, watch what the things that, we, that come out of our mouths. Oh, they're just words. Well, according to the Bible, they're not just words. So get rid of that stuff. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So he's kind of setting us up. So these are the things that we used to clothe ourselves with. We used to make ourselves comfortable in. And we're supposed to take that stuff off. He wants us to, verse 10, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here, in God's kingdom, in God's plan, There's no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, 
slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, here it is. This is what we're supposed to wear. Clothe yourselves. Okay, so if you're wondering, like, well, what am I supposed to wear? What, how am I supposed to act? How, what, how am I supposed to, to be, what am I supposed to be like? If I'm taking off my old self and all those things that used to bring me comfort and just were natural to me, like filthy language coming out of my mouth, anger, rage, slander, honestly, you guys, that was, that's natural. It's so easy for us to tear one another down. Easy. It's so easy, and we're going to get into it. It's so easy for to not forgive and to hold grudges and be bitter. That's our old clothes. But if we want to know how we're supposed to respond and act towards one another, it's right here. Clothe yourselves with compassion. Clothe yourself with kindness. Clothe yourselves with humility. Clothe yourself with gentleness. And clothe yourself with patience. Verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgave you. And over all these virtues, the virtues of forgiveness, the virtues of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members is one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. We'll just stop there. We have forgotten how to get dressed. And so some of us have fallen back into our old clothes. Well, they're a little bit more comfortable than my new clothes. They're rags. Don't put them on anymore. Put on the new clothes that God has given us, the new clothes of compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, the clothes of forgiveness. (laughs) I love that line that says, bear with each other. (laughs) I wish that wasn't in there. Get along with one another. Yeah, you're going to be different. You're going to be different. But get along with one another. Get along. Love one another. You humble yourself. Well, they're not humbling themselves, so I'm not going to humble myself. You're both wrong. One of you needs to humble themselves. A gentle answer turns away wrath, Proverbs says. Man, when you're heated in that... The argument's going, and you, you're firing back, and it's boom, boom, boom. One of you needs to like take off that clothes, those clothes. Get rid of your pride. Yeah, and you need to humble yourself. Well, if I humble myself, they better humble themselves. That's not up to you. You are up to you. You need to do and follow Jesus. You need to put on the clothes. You can't dress them. You can pray for them. You can ask God to clothe them with those things. But you have to take the responsibility and clothe yourself. 
Yes. Have you guys ever heard the phrase, Coram Deo? I had a buddy of mine um, just a few weeks ago sent this to me, and they said, hey, have you heard the phrase, Coram Deo? And I was like, no. I had to, I, you know, I had to look it up. And this is what it means, in the presence of God or before the face of God. I love this. The more I, there's some great articles on this. The more I've studied this, the more I've looked into it the last few weeks. This is what I want for me personally, but this is what I want for you. To know that you are always Coram Deo. You are always in the presence of God. You are always before his face. Always. It's not like, well, God's part of my plan. I'm an American Christian. And I've got plans, and I want to retire by the time I'm 55. Well, that's too late for me. Um, anyways, well, maybe 65. I'll throw it out there a little bit more. You know, I have all these plans, but God, I want you to be part of my plan. So kind of like my face mask, I'm just going to invite you into my plan and put you in my pocket. And when I'm ready, I'll pull it out. You know, no, it's not that at all. We are part of his plan. Now, it sounds like an easy, it sounds easy. God's not part of our plan. We are part of his plan. It sounds easy, but I want you to think about that this week, that to live life in his presence. You know that he always sees, that he knows the motivations of our heart. And for some of us, that's like super comforting but it's also a little bit concerning as well, right? But to live this way, Coram Deo, to live in his presence. Here's the definition. This phrase literally refers to something that takes place in the presence of or before the face of God. To live Coram Deo is to live one's life, one's entire life, in the presence of God, under the authority of God, and to the glory of God of God, that everything we do should be for his glory, everything we do, and okay, God, you provided me this job, and I hate it, I'm not talking about me, okay, okay, not talking about me, most of the time, I'm going to be honest, but sometimes it's just perspective, like, oh, I hate this job. I, I don't want to get up early and go to work. I'd rather just stay home, be with my family. Well, who wouldn't? Come on, let's be honest. Our jobs are a gift from God. It's, again, it's perspective. Yeah, do we want to always feel like going to work? No, but it's a gift from God to provide for us. But it's also a gift from God because he wants your coworkers to know who Jesus is. He wants your coworkers to know him like you know him. And maybe you're the only one that will share Jesus with them by the, how, the way you clothe yourself. So if we're wearing our rags to work and we do walk in with malice and anger and bitterness and we get caught up in the, in the stories and in the slander, and we get caught up in the unforgiveness. And yeah, I agree, our boss 
is horrible, you know. I've had bad bosses. Not here, when I worked here. I had a great boss. And I remember the Lord just convicting me and saying, I want you to pray for them. Their life is hard. And that's the only clothes they know what to wear. But I have new clothes to offer. And so you need to wear your clothes to work. And you need to be a person of compassion, of kindness. You need to walk in humility and in gentleness and in patience. You need to endure. And you need to be patient. And when we, and when we wear those clothes, people are going to ask us, hey, where did you get that? I like that. I want that. And you just say, well, I used to wear these clothes. And that's your testimony. This is what I used to wear. But Jesus saved me. And he gave me a whole new life to live. It's a life of Coram Deo, a life in his presence. And that he's not part of my plan. He's just not part of my schedule but I'm part of his plan, and I pray that I would be moving on his schedule as I go, as I do. Yeah, I, there's times where I have to vacuum, clean the round things in the bathroom. It's Coram Deo. I'm in his presence, serving him. I'm part of his plan. Church, we are part of his plan. Amen? Yes. I want you to stand with me this morning as we pray. Maybe you find yourself lately wearing the wrong clothes, walking around with one shoe that doesn't match the other. You know, maybe you have, from the waist up, you look just fine, but you're still wearing your pajama pants. You're still trying to be comfortable in the way you used to live, but Jesus has called us out of that life, out of those attitudes, and into a brand new place with him. And I want to end the way we kind of started this morning with, with humbling ourselves before him. You know, the Bible says that if we confess our sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive us, of that sin and to, to cleanse us and to wash us clean and to make it right again, make us right again with him. And so if you've been putting on the wrong clothes, if you've been changing clothes often, like you go to this situation and you put on your Christian clothes and then you take them off real quick and put on your other clothes, time to bag that stuff up and chuck it. I'm not going to say, you don't, just don't, don't donate it to somebody else. Nobody else wants that stuff. Just walk straight to the dumpster and drop it in. Burn it. <laughs> and put on your new clothes. So Jesus, this morning, God, we thank you for your forgiveness and your grace. And we thank you that you do not shame us. That you don't condemn us. For those of us that are in you, 
There's no condemnation. Thank you for correcting us, though, Jesus. And you correct us because you love us. Help us to be people of compassion and kindness. Help us to be people of humility and gentleness. Help us to be people of patience and and to endure together, to be patient to one another. This week, God, I pray that as we're tempted to put on our old clothes, that your Holy Spirit would remind us, I've given you new, I've given you new. God, you are good. And we're thankful that you speak to us, that you're working in us, that you're stirring us. And as those things arise, Lord, you're, you're removing those things off our lives to make us more pure so we can be used in, in a new way for you in your kingdom. Remind us that we are part of your plan, Jesus. Remind us that we live our lives quorum Deo in your presence. And we pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Hey, blessings to your week this week. Amen.